Hey, everybody, it's Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Thank you so much for being here today, you all. I am so excited that you are here, and I'm really excited about this particular episode because I have never really done anything like this before where I have specifically talked to military spouses. So for those of y'all who don't know, I live in Virginia Beach, which is a big military town. I mean, we've got Norfolk right here. Norfolk is the largest naval base in the world, and then we also have Langley Air Force Base. We've got some Army bases, nearby Marine bases. So this is a really big military town. And because we have so much military here, and Sean and I actually have lots of military friends, I wanted to dedicate a specific episode to helping out our military spouses. Now, if you guys want this to turn into a series where I do several episodes for military spouses, then make sure that you hit me up on Instagram. Send me a DM at Real Relationship Talk. But for today, we are really blessed to have with us Dr. Lindsay Cavanaugh. So Lindsay is a psychologist and she is a marriage coach, which I think is so interesting how so many therapists are now turning into coaches, which I'll have to talk about that in another episode. I just think it's it's just great. I mean, coaching just provides so many benefits that even therapists and psychologists are starting to see that. So that's really cool. But she is also the podcast host of Married to Military. And Lindsay is in the trenches, you guys. She has been married for about 10 years. And at the taping of this episode, she was two weeks from giving birth to their second child. So check this out, you guys. Not only is she a wife and a mom, but they are also about to move to Japan and her husband's about to be deployed. So she's got so much going on. She literally is in the trenches, which is one of the reasons that I wanted to have her as a guest on today's show. So I am so excited to introduce you all to Dr. Lindsay Cavanaugh. She is going to help us to learn how to have happy and healthy and sustainable, connected military marriages. Military marriages do not need to be disconnected. Military marriages do not need to have higher divorce rates than civilian marriages. So if you are in the military and you are married or maybe you're dating someone and they're in the military and you're wondering, do I really want to get myself involved in all of this? This is going to be a really great episode for you to listen to today. But before I bring on Dr. Kavanaugh, you guys, I teased out on last week's episode that I had a big announcement for you, right? Do you guys remember that? I am excited to share with you all that because this podcast is growing the way that it's growing, we have hired a podcast manager. Yay. Drum roll, please. I guess that's anticlimactic. I probably should have done the drum roll before I just told you the news. But hey, her name is Hannah, and Hannah and I have been working together for just a couple of weeks now, and she came out the gate running. Like, I gave her a couple of tasks to do, and she was like, okay, I'm done. What's next? And, you know, it's one thing for someone to just kind of execute your vision. It's another thing when someone buys into the vision and when they're just as passionate about the vision. And so I am just so excited to have Hannah on board. I'll have to introduce you guys to her in the coming weeks. But Hannah is doing an incredible job. She's booking some amazing guests. I cannot wait to share with you guys who we have coming up on the podcast. So I'm excited. I'm cheesing over here hard. She is making my life so much easier and really helping us to expand this podcast, which is our goal. That's my dream is to get this marriage advice into the ears of as many people as we can. So give Hannah a round of applause. If you're driving, tap your knee, 
Give her a head nod. Give her some warm energy, vibes, love, whatever you have. And uh, I'm just so grateful that we have her as a part of our community. So without any further ado, you guys, let's go ahead and get into today's episode with Dr. Lindsay Cavanaugh. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Lindsay, you look great. I know that you're about to have a baby soon. Um, what is your due date? Uh, they are telling me end of May is when the baby is coming, regardless of my date. So we are preparing for two weeks from now. Oh, wow. Yeah, coming up. That's so exciting. So <laughs> Thank you. Have another child. That's how old. She just turned four, so they will be almost exactly four years apart, and she is very excited. We know what's coming. She Uh does not. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is this new baby a boy or girl? Did you guys find out? Another girl, yeah. So, uh, and it's funny, my daughter always has said it was going to be a sister. And so when we told her, we got all excited, right? You're going to have a sister. It's official. And she's like, yeah, I know. Like (laughs) that's what it always has been. So we will have two girls and that's it. We are done after this. Okay. Okay. Wink, wink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so happy to have you on the show. I am based out of Virginia beach and of course, huge military town. And there's so many military marriages I've been connected with just in various ways. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the group uh, Mops, Mothers of Preschoolers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I I led Mops for several years and then I was a mentor mom. I'm actually still a mentor mom for Mops. And there's a whole military Mops group and we've had like a smaller group. Our group is huge. And so we've had uh, like 60, 80 women. So within that group, there was a smaller military moms group that was formed. And I got to just kind of overhear some of those conversations that are unique to military marriages and military moms. And so I was like, you know what, I need to take a few episodes on the podcast and really just help some military moms and wives. And so thank Mm -hmm. you for for being here. I'm excited to learn from your expertise and your your experience because you're living this like you're you're actually in the thick of it right now. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's a it's a topic that I am very passionate about. I think that military life can be so challenging. Motherhood can be so challenging. And now you tie those two together. And, you know, I really just want to make things as easier or make things easier for people as possible, given everything else that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. So how long have you been military? Uh, What branch? I'm assuming Navy, but I don't know. I could be wrong. Okay. (laughs) When you said San Diego, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Navy. (laughs) Yeah. So um, my husband, husband and I have been together for um, 14 years. We've been married for almost nine. He has been active duty that entire time. So we have lived all over from Hawaii to Portugal to up Japan coming up. Um, we've done four deployments. And I 
worked as a military psychologist for over a decade. Um, For any military out there, having to start over every single time we've moved was getting really frustrating. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to try to make it easier on myself. I'm going to try to make it easier for the population that I want to help, which is military spouses. And so it really had me launch Married to Military, which is a podcast, and now it's turned into marriage coaching and really just trying to get information to people as easily as possible with as few barriers as possible. I love the name of your podcast. And like I told you before, <laughs> I've listened to your episodes. And let me t- let me ask you, Lindy, I love that your background is in psychology. So you actually have like the educational uh, background to help couples who are dealing with, I think, specific to military marriages. There are some unique differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and so can you tell us a little bit about what are some of those unique differences that a military couple faces versus just a regular couple who also might experience seasons of separation? Yes. Um, So and I will say, like, I have also worked with, you know, marriages outside of the military as well. And certainly marriage just has challenges in and of itself. And some of them are very universal. I say when it comes to military marriages, one thing that comes up is like the deployment. So you have the really long separations, whereas there are many careers that like will take people away. I know my dad would do, you know, week trips quite often regularly, but they were never more than a week. Military is really the only job where you're doing like six eight, 12 month separation. And that's a really long time. And it can put a lot of strain on a marriage. It can put a lot of strain on just the individuals going through them. So that is definitely something that I see. The other thing that really comes down to military marriages is the military members are trained in a very specific way to be successful at work or in combat or whenever they need to be, right? And that is to be very emotionless, to be very problem, you know, solution oriented, um, to be very defensive in their positions. And so again, all of those things are needed at work, but they don't always translate into a healthy marriage when you're trying to do things like compromise or when you're having, you know, emotions that need to be addressed, which really comes up in marriage. So that's another area that I find that's really specific um, to military because they are all trained in this way. I had never really processed like their training versus the home life. Until I I heard that on your show, how you were differentiating between them, exactly what you said, learning how to be uh, solution focused and very defensive. And so then you have to come home and switch real quick. You know, Mm -hmm. now it's no longer about let's just focus on the problem. It's like, no, like these are human beings. There's people, it's layered. There's different dynamics that are going on into whatever the the quote problem is. So how do you help couples, especially for the military, the one who's in the military, how do you help them to be able to uh, switch code switch, if you will? How do you get them to turn that part off and then turn the family button on? Yeah. So some ways I do this is is with rituals. And I'll talk about my own spouse just because it's easier, you know, to give like examples that we have done. And really what that is, is 
how can he switch over and can there be a ritual associated with that? So for him, it's taking off the uniform. And for some that's taking off the uniform before you even step in the house. And here I'm, I'm this version of me. And once the uniform is off, I'm, I'm this, you know, other version. And then the next thing really is to, to talk about it, to talk about how different it needs to be and not having judgment there. And I think a lot of times people can take it personally when, you know, their spouse isn't being emotional or isn't checking in with them. But knowing that it isn't about them, it's literally about their spouses, potentially like this is how they've been trained and they might have forgotten how to do that other stuff. So having those conversations about what you need, what does it look like at home? How can they do it? Um, My spouse and I have a, you know, if he hasn't transitioned out, we, you know, what does he want me to say? And we came up with, hey, you're using work voice again, and now we can laugh about it and he'll switch out. But just having some sort of way without it seeming like I'm blaming him or um, judging him, but just, you know, triggering him that he's still in that mode and needs to hop out of it. I like that. I'm going to use that with my husband too. You're using work voice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, well, and he uses it with me too, because no one wants to be around a psychologist (laughs) all the time. So I don't blame him when he says it to me as well. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good boundary for both of you guys to have. That's really good. So my husband and I have been binge watching the show Seal Team and I, I don't watch any TV. I literally watch this one show and we are so into it. I mean, and and they focus a lot on so many broken relationships, broken relationships that the SEALs are having with their children, broken relationships that they're having with their spouses or partners. And it has really given me such more compassion, I think, for, I mean, we have lots of military friends. And so just to have that like, oh, wow, you guys are not just dealing with like normal marriage issues, but you've got the separation, you've got them, especially depending on what their role is in the military, like that is their life. That is, mm-hmm. you know, the brotherhood as we all hear about with mm-hmm. SEALs, right? Like it, it it just has given me such more awareness and compassion. And so I want to know for maybe someone who's listening and they are not military, but they like me are supporting military friends. What can civilians do to be able to help support some of these military marriages? That's a great question. I think that the first thing is that is being aware of everything that your military friends are doing and holding all the time. If you're looking at even my upcoming situation, I will have a newborn. I will have a toddler. My husband is deploying. I then will be moving my family to Japan, which is where we are going to be stationed by myself. It's just we are doing really crazy things that are just outside of the norm. And so a lot of times I find that people will say, you know, reach out to me if you need me. But when I or we are in those situations, you know, my head is in it and I am go, go, go. And so usually what I say to my civilian friends and really any civilian who wants to be supportive is, don't ask or don't say you'll just be there, just do something. So whether that's, can I, 
Can I bring you a meal? Um, Can I help you? You know, can I help babysit the kids for an afternoon? Can I, you know, really just coming in with something that they that you can offer, particularly during the really difficult times that military families go through, like moves, like deployments, like when schedules get really crazy. So coming in and and just really being that resource. Um, because even though I know I might need help, it's it, sometimes it's hard to reach out. And so having that person remind me, oh yeah, you're here. You know, I'm way more likely to take the person up on that than I am to like initiate that on my own. That's good for me to know too. I think so many of us have this romanticized idea of the resources that the military provides. My husband is Air Force Reserves, 26 years he's been in. And so we're we're kind of military-ish, but like yeah. I've never had to do like a he actually did deploy back in uh, 2002 when Opera- Operation Iraqi Freedom was just starting, uh, but he was stateside. So we could go and visit him on the weekends and things, but I've not, I don't think I've done a great job with, with reaching out to my military friends as much because I think I have this idea like, oh, well, the military provides that, the military is giving them this, and so they're good to go. And if they need help, then they'll reach out. And so that's good. That's good for us to know those of us, again, who are more on the civilian side, that our friends might not reach out, not because they don't need help, but because they might just be so overwhelmed with all the things that they're trying to juggle and do that it will be helpful for us to say, hey, how can I support you? Even if that's just, hey, let me take the kids for a few hours so you can get some rest or Mm -hmm. so that you can get some paperwork done or, or whatever. So Yeah, I think that's really important for us to know. And I also want to know, you know, when you're talking about, I love how you were talking about having those kind of code words um, to remind your spouse. I love the idea about taking off the uniform and one place and kind of switching to really say, okay, I'm in a different place now. I'm home now. What do you say to a couple, or I'm thinking about a wife, it could be a husband, but let's just say a wife is listening and her husband is like completely tied into the military and she feels like there is no room for her. Like, mm-hmm. I see that this is, at least on the SEAL team show, this is where a lot of these marriages break down because he's married to the military, literally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she feels like she's just, you know, an addendum to his life. So how can she, if this was a woman here who's feeling unsupported, how can that military spouse help her husband to realize that, yes, you have a very important job, but I'm really important too? Like, how do you coach couples to be able to reconnect that way? This is a great question. And honestly, it's probably the number one thing that I help military spouses with because it comes up so often. I hear this. I'm I'm tired of being second priority. I'm tired of my opinions and dreams not being validated. So it's absolutely a thing. And one thing that I'll say to military spouses about it is you have to remember that the military does a really good job of they are constantly being given information about what they need to do to advance their career, what kind of skills they need, what kind of they, they are constantly getting, they call this counseling about how and and what to do to further their career. Mm -hmm. And so they are very confident in what needs to happen at work. And a lot of times, right, because you're so confident, it's, it's easier to be there. Now at home, 
we don't have those things put in place. And so a lot of times, really what needs to happen is that we, as the military spouse, are really educating our spouse in terms of what we need and how they can support us. So often what I find is people will come to me and they say, my spouse doesn't care. My spouse only cares about the military. They don't care about me. And nine times out of 10, when you really dig into it, the spouse the military service member cares a lot and they actually even in many ways feel guilty, but they have no idea how to support. They have no idea what needs to happen. And so this is where education from our side to them. Here is exactly how I want you to support me. Here is exactly how I want you to support the family. If I want my ideas and dreams to be considered when he's making his work decisions, I need to make sure that I'm telling him what those are. Because again, he's getting all of that at work in terms of what's best, but nobody is saying what is best at home unless I do it. And so, so often I find that People just want them to get it and they want them to just know. And and I wish that that were the case, but nine times out of 10, it's not. And so really figuring out first, what is it that you want from your spouse? How can your spouse support you? And then finding ways to start having those conversations. My spouse, I will find, was really relieved once I started doing this because now he knows what to do at home to make me feel special and to make me feel loved and to make me feel valued, even when I don't have as much control over life um, like the military does. And so I find that that oftentimes it ends up being a really great thing. It's just you have to put in that initial work um, and be really, really clear um, about what it is you want and what it is you need. Yeah, I cannot help but to think this is just great marriage advice, period, right? Yeah. Like, you know, whether in the military or whether you're a civilian. So true. Like, so many times we have all these expectations and then we don't voice them. Our spouses don't want to not be supportive or don't want to connect with us, but we've not given them the blueprint. We've not said mm-hmm. like, this is what I need. This is what love looks like to me. This is what support looks like to me. So they'll flounder around. And then we'll be disappointed because they're not doing what we want. And then they'll get disappointed and then yeah. this whole like crazy cycle. So uh, that's it, so, so good. Yeah, it's so true. And I find that it it just our brains go to worst case scenarios. Our brain never says like, oh, he doesn't know how to do this. Our brain goes to he doesn't care or he doesn't want to or any of those things. And really what I find is that often isn't the case. It really is just you, you're missing each other in terms of how you can support. So being really clear about that only just make things makes things easier and it eliminates that part of your brain that goes to worst case scenario. Yeah. That's good. Let's talk a little bit about transition and change, because I know if there is one thing that is constant, it is change, <laughs> especially for military marriages. And you, I mean, you have a huge like, you <laughs> a huge transition, couple of huge transitions coming up here. Yeah. How do you prepare your children? I know your daughter's three, so I don't know. She, she probably realizes that you guys are moving, but like, how do you prepare children, especially for a new duty station? Or mm-hmm. how do you help the kids to be comfortable with so much change that happens in their lives? Yeah, well, first I'll say that 
no one really likes change. Humans really like routine. We really like things to stay the same. And so I think first acknowledging that whatever discomfort that you are having is normal um, and that you are taking care of yourself because kids will 100% pick up on our energy and feed off of what we give to them. So of course, these changes have a higher level of stress, but I need to also make sure that I am you know, doing it in a healthy way that I am modeling that it's okay to be stressed out or it's okay. And that, you know, but that I'm doing it in a way where I'm taking care of myself. The other thing that I say with kids is while I, I am a kind of a fan of, of being open about, you know, like I will cry in front of my daughter. I will, I want her to know that all emotions are normal and okay. I just want to make sure again, that I'm doing it in a healthy way. And if I can't do it in a healthy way, that's when I'm doing it behind closed doors. So when it comes to transition, that's another, that's another area. There are a ton of books written for various age children, um, all the way up to even teens. And I really rely on these books. One, because it's they are written in your child's language development level. And so it really gives you know, a great starting point. And so we have a book about moving. We have a book about having a new sister. We have, and so what I will do is I will read those books with older kids. You can give them, you know, obviously the materials. And then what I just say is you can ask whatever questions you want. You can come to me with whatever you need. And one thing that I find is that kids do really well just having that opportunity. When things are kept from them and they can just pick up energy and they don't know why, that's when it gets really scary and really stressful on a child. But if they sort of know what's going on and have the space, they often don't need much more than that. So there are other things, you know, we got a, they call it a daddy or a mommy doll where you can um, get, so my spouse is on this, you know, stuffed doll and she's already taking him to school and we'll sleep with him at nap time and that kind of thing. So there are a lot of other resources available too. Um, but really for me, it's just normalizing everything for them, recognizing that my moods really impact them. So checking that and then giving them space to talk about whatever it is that they need to talk about. That's great. I think, you know, as you were talking, I'm thinking about even for the service member who is knowing that they have a deployment coming up, that they're going away, even the way that they frame it can be helpful for the spouse who stand behind and for the kids. Mm -hmm. And one of those things, obviously being a part of the military, you know, that you're walking in, there's just certain things that come with the package. And one of them is going to be long periods of separation. And so what are some ways, and I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine that these ways might differ depending on the service member's specific role, but what are some ways that couples can stay connected even when they're apart? 
Oh, that is such a great question. I actually am creating a deployment survival guide that will be out at the beginning of June. And I have a whole section on this. So for any military um, spouses out there, definitely check out this online guide. But one thing that I talked to you about that is really think about how you like to connect to your spouse. So for me, it's actually quality time. I really like having quality time with my spouse. Obviously, that cannot happen when my spouse is gone. But thinking about how can I feel like I'm getting quality time even when he isn't there. And then we have those conversations. So when my husband deploys, being Navy, he's on an aircraft carrier, we only get emails. And so one thing that I have asked him is, like once a week or even, you know, once a day, if he can, can you give me a really what we call good email, a really meaty email that has kind of a lot for me to read. And then I can read that when I'm needing that time with him, you know, even if he doesn't have time to do another one. And that's kind of one way that that we do it. The other thing is he recorded some videos for our daughter during the last deployment. And I realized that I loved them just as much as she did. And so having, you know, potentially doing some things like that, knowing that that was my love language. Now, my spouse's, his is touch which also takes a big hit when you're gone. And so really thinking about things that you can do to still feel connected there. So I give him a lot of pictures that he can hold of like our family. I send them to him in care packages. Um, If you like to connect with words of affirmation, if you like. So really thinking about how how do I like to connect to my spouse when they're home? And then how can I somehow translate this out when they are away? I think if you go into it saying we're not going to connect, this isn't going to go well, it won't, right? You'll feel disconnected. But there are definitely ways to kind of work around this. And it has to look different than your normal day-to-day. But you can stay connected. And sometimes we credit how we've done this with being as strong as we are. He had like three deployments during our dating period. And we really were forced to figure out how can we connect. And not that I would recommend that on anyone, but it really now we are so confident that we can do it while he's gone. It just, it just looks different and that's okay. Yeah. I love the love languages, how you we, we weave that in. And I was just thinking, as you were talking, if your spouse has, you know, gifts, if that's one of their love languages to have care packages scheduled, you know, at certain mm-hmm. times that, that they know they're getting like, you know, a little gift from you every so often or vice versa, having them send you something that they're able to do that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll write cards ahead of time and I'll just, you know, put them in his bag and then he can sort of open them when he needs. And again, it's just another opportunity um, for, you know, for connection that I'm not even necessarily doing in that moment, but that he can get it when he needs it and when he wants it. Um, I think knowing what you want and what you don't want and then having your spouse really think the same thing. Because I think that sometimes we put here's what I want to connect. And we don't think about how do they want to connect? How, how is it going to work for them? So making sure both of you are getting your connection needs net met in the best way for both of you. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, you've given us lots of great resources, Lindsay, Dr. Kavanaugh. Um, and uh, I will definitely link to your online resource. So um, be looking for that in the show notes of this podcast, you all. Um, and then also the books for children. I also want to make sure that I link to those too, because I think that's an incredible idea, especially for littles, that you can read to them a story and it's something that they're going through and that they're experiencing at the same time. Yeah. So We'll be sure to link to all of that in the show. And honestly, for all parents, that is my parenting go-to tip. Go to the library, whatever, you know, there are books about every single parenting issue you can imagine. Do not try to recreate the wheel and think of these conversations yourself. Like use the book and then build off that. It's so much easier. Awesome. Well, if people want to find out more about you, Lindsay, how can they find you? And you talked about you are a marriage coach. So how would someone know if they're a military spouse? How would they know, okay, it's time for us to get some coaching? You know, that is a really great question. I find that I treat people in a lot, like I have those people who are like, you know, my marriage is okay, but I want it to be better. I just, I know that this life would be easier if it were better. So if that's you, great. I also have the people that are like, ooh, we're kind of on life support here. Things are really struggling. We're not doing well. Um, so what I say to everybody is if you in any way think that there can be improvements, reach out because it's so much easier to catch things early. It's like getting your teeth cleaned, right? It's easier to find the little cavities before they become big issues. And that's how I feel in marriages as well. Now, I, I also say there's never a time that it's too late. There is absolutely never a time where it's, you know, it's over. I've seen people who were filing for divorce that then we worked together and things changed. Um, so it just, it's never too late. But if you have been thinking there is just something, if, it, if this were different, it would be a lot easier reach out. Great. And how can they find you? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So um, you can follow me online at Married to Military on Instagram. Um, my podcast is also Married to Military. And I do have a free, what I call military marriage breakthrough call. And so I love chatting with people on that too. So I will make sure that you have the link um, so people could access me through there as well. Dr. Lindsay Cavanaugh, thank you so much for being here with us today. This has been an incredible conversation. I know that there's going to be so many couples who are going to be enriched and encouraged based on what you shared today. So thanks for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. Looking for ways to stay positive? Brighten your day with the free story behind podcast. Hear weekly short stories that showcase true joy, love, and hope. Listen now at lifeaudio.com or by searching for Story Behind wherever you get your podcasts.